three-bedroom, semi-detached house situated on a quiet residential street in a desirable village location. Built by the Shropshire County Council in the early 1950s, this quintessential family home has been occupied by just two families in its 70-year history. Long held by the original purchasers of the property, the house has seen four generations of the same family born and raised here. At least one of those family members, it seems, was particularly reluctant to move out, preferring to stay put in the house in the afterlife, subtly making their presence known by moving objects, making noises, and appearing out of the corner of their living family member's eyes. Sound like the home for you? Well, if you're in the market for a haunted house, or at least a good story about one, you've come to the right place. I'm Caitlin Blackwell-Baines. Welcome to Haunted Homes. quiet little corner of Shropshire in the West Midlands of England, in a charming historic village called Albright, is an outwardly unassuming mid-century home, Number 5 Biston Road, which the family refers to as simply Number 5. Built in 1952, Number 5 is relatively modern by British standards, and practically brand new compared to many of the other properties in Albrighton, an ancient settlement boasting no less than 36 buildings on England's National Heritage List of Historic Buildings. Indeed, the village itself has a long and colourful past stretching all the way back to the 7th century. It is first mentioned in historical records in the Doomsday Book of 1086, where it is referred to as Albrechtston, or the home or farm of Albrecht, named for the Saxon lord that first settled the area. After the Norman conquest of 1066, the Saxons fled and William the Conqueror gifted Shropshire to Roger de Montgomery, who in turn allocated Albrighton to Normanus Venator, a forester. Although listed in the Doomsday Book as cultivated land which had been left fallow, there were soon 480 acres under cultivation. Most produce went to the Lord of Albrighton Manor, while the surrounding forest was preserved for the king. Over the years, Albrighton Manor and the surrounding land were owned and occupied by a succession of noblemen and their families, the most important of which were the Talbots, who were created Earls of Shrewsbury in 1442 following the military success of Sir John Talbot, a general in the Hundred Years' War, who was later mortalized in Shakespeare's Henry VI as valiant Lord Talbot, Earl of Shrewsbury. For centuries, the Talbots were the wealthiest landowners in Albrighton, maintaining their vast estates until 1918. Though Albrighton remained mainly agricultural right into the 20th century, the Industrial Revolution and the introduction of the railway in 1848 made the village a vibrant center, with a number of light industries including clock and button making, and several shops, pubs, and inns, several of which are still in operation today. One of these, the Harp Hotel, was where in 1840 the celebrated novelist Charles Dickens stayed while researching his book The Old Curiosity Shop. His aunt was said to have been a housekeeper at the inn. 
Though Albrighton doesn't feature in the novel, Dickens was inspired by the surrounding region. Or perhaps inspired is the wrong word, for he doesn't seem to have held a very high opinion of the area, remarking that the so-called Black Country was a cheerless region, in which tall chimneys crowding on each other and presenting that endless repetition of the same dull, ugly form poured out their plague of smoke, obscured the light, and made foul the melancholy air. But this doesn't describe Albrighton, and it certainly doesn't describe the modern quasi-suburban enclave where number five sits, which of course didn't exist in Dickens' time. In contrast with the cheerless region observed by the author, this neighbourhood would seem, on the surface of it, to be a perfectly pleasant place to live and raise a family. And for the most part, it was. That is, until the ghost of number five moved in. This haunted home story comes to us from Rachel, an occupant of number five for over 20 years. Let's meet Rachel. First things first, I was born in Ottawa, Ontario to English immigrant parents. I moved to my mother's village of Albrighton when I was 20. Right now, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I am a retired civil servant with the Ministry of Defence. I worked at RAF Cosford for 15 years before moving back to Canada in 2016. I'm your average stay-at-home housewife. I garden, I craft, I read, I look after my family, and I watch way too much Netflix and spend too much time on Instagram. So, by her own admission, Rachel is a perfectly normal person, a retired civil servant with common interests including gardening, crafting, and social media. Like her former home, number five, she's outwardly fairly ordinary. She's certainly not an eccentric paranormal enthusiast, definitely not a ghost hunter. With regards to believing in ghosts, I would say that I'm a, a healthy skeptic. I I need proof. I think a lot of things can be explained away by natural phenomenon or people really, really wanting to see things and therefore believing that they do. As we will soon discover, however, Rachel experienced some things at number five that she's never been able to fully explain. Strange events that force her to question not only her beliefs, but her very sanity. First, she'll give us a bit of a backstory. The house is number five, Bishton Road in Albrighton, near Wolverhampton, in the West Midlands of England. The house was built by Shropshire County Council in, I believe, 1952. My maternal grandparents moved into the house when it was brand new with my, my uncle Donald, my auntie Christine, my mom and her fraternal twin sister Maureen when they were all very small children. The house has only ever been occupied by members of my family. My children were the fourth generation to be living in that house. They were born in the house and lived in the house until we moved. My grandfather passed away in 1979 in one of the front bedrooms and my auntie Christine passed away in April of 96 in the other front bedroom. So, who was haunting number five? We believe the house was haunted by my auntie Christine. Now, my auntie Christine, she didn't have a very happy life. We believe she was bipolar and diagnosed bipolar. My mother tells stories of mood swings and personality changes, and she didn't Mary well. She was very unhappy in her marriage. Christine got pregnant in 68 and 
we never knew who the father was. She never told anybody who the father was. And she did want to keep the baby. My parents, who were married at the time, newlyweds, with an infant son, said that they would take the baby, raise it within the family. But my grandmother insisted from the moment she knew about the baby that he would be adopted out. She'd already found the family. She was going to adopt him out. There was no question. So when Ian was born, he was handed over to this local family. And for the first six months or so, Christine could get updates. She could see him. It seemed ideal. But at six months, the family moved out of the village. And Christine never saw Ian again. Ian was her only child. Never had any more. At some point in Christine's life, she went to see a psychic. And this clairvoyant told her that the child had died. So Rachel's aunt Christine went to her grave believing that her only child had passed away without ever having the opportunity to reunite with him again. Adding to this lack of closure and sense of unfinished business, Christine never made a will. Her family was left with no instruction on how she wished her remains to be interred. So, Rachel, who had by now moved into the house, kept her aunt's ashes in a box. We had, it was in a very decorative, beautiful, lovely looking box. And yes, morbidly, it was in the living room. We are half Irish, are superstitious, and we kept her in the living room. Finally, it was decided she would be interned with my grandparents in our local church, St. Mary's. Beautiful church. Indeed, it is a majestic final resting place. The Church of St. Mary Magdalene dates back more than a thousand years, with stained glass surviving from the early 15th century. Here can also be found the tombs of the noble Talbot family, the Earls of Shrewsbury, once the most important family in Albrighton. However, not everyone agreed that this is where Christine belonged. Some of her supposed friends came to the house demanding her ashes. And that's not all they were after. When Christine initially passed away, some of her friends, and I say this loosely, some of her friends arrived at the house and went through it. And they took her clothes, jewelry, they took items. They just, my grandmother couldn't stop them. She was elderly at the time. Couldn't stop them. They just went through the house took what they wanted, and that was it. I wasn't there for this. My mother was there for this. It was a very upsetting moment. This altercation, it seems, kicked off the paranormal activity. The first time that something odd had happened was when one of these friends, her name was Karen, I believe, showed up at the house. And... She and my mother got into an argument about what we were going to, what was going to happen with Christine's remains. She was insisting on she was going to take them. My mother was insisting that it wasn't going to happen. So you can imagine a heated argument had broken out. Now, I was sitting in the living room, eavesdropping as to what was going on. And we had a picture, I believe we still have it, one of those glamour shots that were popular in the 80s. There was a picture just inside the door between the living room and the kitchen. And in the height of it, this pitcher flew. It didn't fall. It flew 
off the wall. The glass didn't break. The frame didn't break. But it just flew. And it stuck, and it was so shocking that it's, I remember it as clear as day like it was yesterday. It's the first time anything odd have ever happened to me that I've witnessed. Obviously, the argument ended quickly. Karen left. Sometime later, for the, the second and final time, this Karen woman shows up at the house. Again, they have another argument. And Christine's husband, Bob, he worked for the United, United Nations in Kosovo. If you know anything about the military, they like to do what they call shadow boards with their tools. And in the, in the outbuilding that we called it, there was all his tools were up, lined up on the wall. And during the argument between my mother and Karen, every single, I know how this sounds, every single tool fell, just hit the ground. They didn't fly. They just, they just fell. They just hit the floor. Never seen anything like it before or since. The racket it made was phenomenal. Everybody was screaming. These inaugural events were certainly the most dramatic, but they were far from the last and arguably not even the strangest. We would be cleaning and changing the sheets on the bed. We changed the sheets on the bed weekly and you'd lift the mattress to tuck the sheet in. And I found a ring, and I still have this ring. But it was the first of, of many things. You'd find rings and bracelets. You'd open a drawer, and there was one of her watches. We found her charm bracelet. She received a charm bracelet for her 21st birthday. I have a photograph of her receiving it and wearing it. And that was found tucked underneath the mattress of my parents' bed. And it was just random things. You would just find random jewelry around the house. And even then, I didn't fully believe that anything was really happening. Until we got the dog. And we got Branigan. And he would act strangely. He would stand in the living room, facing the kitchen, and just start barking. And it wasn't an angry bark. It wasn't He wasn't frightened or cross. He was just barking as if somebody was in the kitchen. But he would just he would just bark. And it would happen a lot. And you'd feel like somebody was watching you. I did not stay downstairs in that living room, in the downstairs, if if no one else was in the house. I would go upstairs. And you'd have to turn I would turn on all the lights in the house and then I would go back and then each room would get clicked light would get turned off as I made my way upstairs because you'd see things in the corner of your eye there was never any manifestations I never saw shadow figures there was nothing in mirrors I tended to avoid reflective surfaces just in case but there were things in the corner of your eye and you would look and there'd be nothing there you started to to question your sanity Friends who visited the house would have strange experiences too. One claimed to have been nudged down the stairs by an unseen force. Another came to the house with an umbrella, which she set down in plain sight when she first arrived, but discovered that when she was ready to leave, the umbrella had disappeared. Searching high and low, 
the friend became exasperated and finally decided to leave without it. When she swung open the front door, there was the umbrella. Its handle looped over the exterior doorknob. This apparently was one of Christine's favourite games, hide-and-seek. You'd put your keys down, you'd turn around, put your shoes on, you come back to get your keys and the keys are gone. Anything to annoy or to tease or to gain attention would go missing. It got to the point where you would get so frustrated, you'd go, Christine, that is enough, I have to go. And then it would come back and you'd turn and there it was on the counter. Or it wasn't where you left it, but it would be, you'd, you'd see it again. But then one day, a surprising turn of events put a stop to all of Christine's ghostly hijinks. In the mid-2000s, we received a phone call, and it was a man asking to speak to Christine. Obviously, Christine passed away. We told this gentleman that Christine had passed away. And it turned out that this man was Ian's father-in-law. That, in fact, Ian had not died in childhood, but had lived, grown up, married, and had five children. So, obviously, we invited him around the house. There was a family reunion. We met the children. There was four boys and a girl. The youngest was a girl. And I had decided, because it's not mine to keep, I'm sure if Christine was alive, she would have done it. And I gave the little girl... Christine's charm bracelet. It's her granddaughter. She needs something that was her grandmother's. And it was lovely. Ian leaves and all the weird stuff in the house stops. Nothing goes missing. The dog's not freaking out. There's there's nothing in the corner of your eye. It all just stopped. It was like a cloud had lifted off the house. I I can't explain it without sounding like a crazy person. But it happened. Finally, Christine got her closure. At long last, she got the opportunity to share space with her long-lost son and meet the grandchildren she never knew existed. And that seems to have been enough to set her free. She moved out of number five for good. Rachel's family, however, remained at the house for another decade. She and her husband welcomed two boys there, and they spent the first five years of their life in their happy family home in blissful ignorance of the strange events that preceded their birth. When it came time for Rachel's family to move out, it certainly wasn't because they were driven out by paranormal activity. We decided in 2016 we were going to emigrate back to Canada. It seemed like the right thing to do. We decided we were going to strike out and try our fortune overseas. So we decided to to sell the house. I don't regret selling number five. I know the family who bought it. It was the daughter of a friend of my mother's. So they have children. As far as Rachel is aware, number five is no longer haunted. It is now, once again, just an ordinary family home. Thank you so much to Rachel for agreeing to share her haunted home story. Because number five is a private residence, which is not currently for rent or sale, certain information has been redacted in order to protect the privacy of both past and present occupants. But Rachel has kindly shared just enough to set the spooky scene. If you have a haunted home story you'd like to share, 
please message me on my Instagram page or by clicking the contact link on my website, hauntedhomespodcast.net.